I had learned at some point in my life that bumblebees technically are not supposed to be able to fly, but they don't know that. <laughs> so, it's a, you know, so it's the same thing with us. Like, you can change the course of your life in your future. Like, you have that power. You can do that. And, and uh, you're never too old to learn something. Or if you want a new passion or hobby, just be bold and go do that thing. Welcome to the Her Inspired Journey podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Levesque. I'm here to bridge the gap for women in the outdoors, support families, and roll out your weekly dose of positive vibes. With almost two decades in the health and fitness world and an untamable passion for hunting in the outdoors, my mission is to help you move boldly in the direction of your dreams. Join us here weekly as we talk about fitness and mindset, accountability, as well as all things hunting and epic untold stories. Y'all need this episode, but first a quick word about today's sponsor. Mosquitoes, ticks, and biting flies can put a damper on your outdoor adventures. Fortunately, Sawyer has a variety of insect repellents that can help protect you while you're out. In fact, Sawyer's permethrin can reduce the likelihood of a tick bite by 73% just by spraying your socks and boots. This is something I do routinely, even if I'm in between getting my gear sprayed, having my boots and socks is a must. Spray them down, folks. Go over to Sawyer.com or find Sawyer products on the shelves at your local outdoor store. Well, today I am joined by Rebecca Lentz. Um, She is a badass chick that I follow on social media, somebody who I aspire to be like one day in regards to all of her outdoor adventuring and fly fishing. And it seems like you have a damn good time. So welcome to the show, Rebecca. I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about yourself. You are recently married, uh, but just give us a little bit of the insight into your life. Well, Courtney, that's funny because I fangirl over you. So uh, I, I aspire to be an archer, archer, is that the word? Archer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's really neat because I look at all your posts and I'm like, oh, I can cook this meal or I can go do this. So I feel the same way. Awesome. Well, so where are you and your husband at these days? We live in central Arkansas. Um, My husband is actually a park ranger, and that allows us uh, definitely to have more knowledge because uh, he just kind of has it in him already to want to do all things outdoors. And I have a hunger for being outside as often as possible. So every free minute we get, um, you know, we're we're camping out in the national forest or we're fly fishing or kayak uh, fishing, just everything that can get us outdoors. That's what we do. And what got you specifically into fly fishing? Was it your husband or was it a previous experience? It was a fluke. So (laughs) for my birthday a couple years ago, um, it was my 35th. Um, we were driving through the Ozark National Forest because that's what I wanted to do. And we pulled over because he wanted to go bass fishing with his uh, his fly, or fly, not right, fly rod. I keep on wanting to say fly rod because that's all we do now. Um, with his fishing rod, he didn't have a fly rod. 
And I decided I was going to do some yoga and kind of just, you know, mess around on the bank, look at the wildlife, whatever I could do, because fishing is not fun for me whatsoever. (laughs) I get bored. I can't just stand there or sit there like what I've always seen fishermen doing. Well, I was being a little nosy. I saw a guy in the middle of the water. um, And I say it again. It looked like a ribbon dancer. Like he was like throwing something back and forth and I had no idea what he was doing and he saw that I was staring so he's nice enough he came over and he was like hey do you want to try this and I was like oh yeah I mean how hard it could be I'm an artist I thought I was you know pretty elegant and I grabbed that rod and it looked horrible it was nothing at all like he was doing but um I was interested because he was moving around. There was different cast. He had all these colorful flies. Like there's just so much that intrigued me that it was almost an instant. Like I want to learn more about this. And it just took off from there. I've been fly fishing for almost in this July will be two years. So you are pretty experienced and very new at the same time. I, you know what I mean? You're kind of like at that stage where, and it seems like you do it a lot. You know, every time um, I feel like I tap into what you're doing, you're either out on another adventure or have a rod in your hand. So, you know, what has that evolution, you know, walking into something as a, as a brand new, no experience into it? Like, how have you worked past that? And is there an intimidation that you felt in pursuing that? I was overwhelmed in the beginning. There was so much information. There were so many places to find, you know, different kind of flies. There's different kinds of casting. There's different rods. It was too much at once. And I just, um, you know, was watching YouTube videos and I was trying to follow other female anglers, but I was finding a lot of times in the fly fishing world, anglers tend to be very hush-hush about, you know, what flies they use or where they're fly fishing. So it was a little difficult, but there was something that I decided that I was going to change it. Um, I I wanted to add humor. Um, I wanted people to see all of my failures, which there's quite a few. And I love that you say that, like, I'm an expert but a newbie. Like I, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I've gained a lot of knowledge, but I have so much to learn. And I just really, my goal is just for people not to give up and not to feel overwhelmed. And I just keep that thought process that other people are watching me, not necessarily as an example, but it's like, Hey, she keeps messing up and she's still having fun and she still loves it. And she's still learning. Like, I hope that's enough for other people not to give up, um, you know, with learning something new, even if it is fly fishing. I love that raw and open approach to it. And that kind of um, mentality or showcasing to some degree really resonates with me because we are all learning something new, whether that's a skill or, you know, something within our job or relationships, we're always learning or if we're not, we should be right. So, um, you know, it's nice to be able to look at people like you, Rebecca, and know that 
you're going through it, you are, you know, learning the rhythm and how to do things and, you know, different flies and all of that stuff. But you're also sharing that as somebody who's going through it and learning. And I think that it really allows a lot of opportunities and like this open door mentality for other people to get vulnerable and try it as well. I, I, I believe so. Um, and I just feel like we need to have more of that, more of a welcoming environment. Um, so that way, I, I know it sounds redundant. I don't want people to give up because there is way too much information. And just like I, I want to get into archery, I feel like there's so much information, but there is simpler ways to get started. And I feel like maybe I can help with the fly fishing world in that aspect. Yeah. Have you in your search and in the education that you're seeking for learning this, have you found any good resources that you could share with people who want to learn to fly fish? So I actually started off with Orbis has got quite a few good casting videos. It's just basic videos on YouTube, as well as I believe it was Mad River Outfitters, because they don't overly critique. They don't mansplain or over explain <laughs> or anything like that <laughs> like it's just enough information uh to where you kind of overthink but not where you talk yourself out of whatever you're doing um that's where i have found most of my help as well as just cruising instagram and saying you know what what i can find any informational post i follow a lot of hashtags and that kind of helps me out as well your journey into the fly fishing world sounds very similar to my journey into the archery bow hunting world. Um, I did a lot of those same things and <laughs> recently just talked about this um, with somebody else too in that there is a lot of information and influence and opinion in any given realm. But I think when you're searching out um, inspiration or education in a certain area, it's really good to get a lot of different input and then filter in and out what works or doesn't work for you necessarily. Um, you know, circumstances can be different. The fishery that you're on can be different. You know, so there's a lot of different caveats to it, but I think just soak it up and be a sponge for information, filter out, you know, what's going to be, you know, um, what's going to work for you and then let the rest kind of just fall away because it's easy to get inundated with too much information. And I don't know if you're the same way, but sometimes it you can almost make you feel a little stuck in knowing what steps to take next or how to approach the water or how to approach a bow. Do you ever feel like you have to kind of like stop overthinking it, like you said, and just apply the things that you're learning? Absolutely. Uh, I have the best followers, but sometimes I don't know if it's people that are just following or maybe they misread my post, but there are times where I'll post a photo or a video and then the comments will be flooded with corrections or what I should have done or what fly I should have used. And then I just gently remind my followers that I'm also new and I'm also wanting to help other people out. Um, and so I have to filter out those things as well as when I'm on the water that there are so many different ways that you could catch that trout but it's what works for me. What do I feel most comfortable? Um, not to the point where I get in a rut with the comfortability, but what do I feel comfortable with that would bring me joy and I'm not going to overstress in the moment? Yeah. 
that's one of the the kind of the nuances I think to putting yourself out there on a platform like social media or in you know whatever it may be is that you do invite uh, indirectly the critique or opinion of others. Um, and, yeah. it, you know, I think it's something where you have to remember. And I just spoke to a dear friend of mine over the past week about that and how it can be really hard to not get into a defensive space when somebody does approach you from an angle that feels aggressive or, you know, it feels like they're um, misreading you. You know, obviously I feel like, and maybe it's a character thing, but in those instances where I have people, um, you know, take something the wrong way, or maybe I didn't communicate it the right way through a post or something, and they want to correct or they want to give their opinion or how they would have done it better or different. It can be really hard to kind of like tame my reaction to that. Do you have an issue with that? Or what would be your advice to somebody who may be having some of the same uh, situations happen? So as far as how I handle um, the unwanted critiques or people thinking that they need to put in their input, I hope that it's coming from a place of genuinely wanting to help because you can't really read people's intentions through a comment or where they're coming from or maybe... um, you know, they're just trying to be seen or seeking attention, but I just try not to overthink of what that person may be going through and hope um, the best for that situation. However, I have had a few that um, said some dumb things, but, you know, with the great following I have, usually they respond before I can. <laughs> so then I'm like, okay, that's, that's good guys. Like uh, yeah. we don't have to go any further into this <laughs> discussion. Um, but I, I try, I, I really don't feed, I don't feed into that too much. I recently posted on TikTok a funny video about river etiquette, and I had a few people say that I was an angler snob because I made a funny video. And sometimes I want to, um, I guess, get not get into it, but give them my time, and then I realize it's just not worth it. So I just, I don't even... I, I leave the comment and I carry on with myself. I just try not to give it too much of my time. It's so important. I really like that perspective because although I think it's important sometimes to have an educated conversation with somebody, you know, clarifying things around hunting or fishing or perspective, at the same time, there's a lot of that, like you said, that is just an attention sinking tendency for people. And, right. you know, giving them our energy just gives them exactly what they want. So there are times where you just kind of have to assess and go, is this worth having an educated conversation? Or should I just go about my grind and, and you know, keep on trekking along? So that's really good food for thought. And, uh, you know, there's always <laughs> going to... Go Courtney, ahead. you said that way better than I did because that is what I was trying to get out. <laughs> but you said it way better. But you're right, and I feel like those that have followed me or my or they see my stories or my lives, like they know my heart and they know um, what kind of person I am, and that that may show through. So you are absolutely on point with that. 
Talk to me a little bit about your military background. That's something I don't know a bunch about, and I would love to hear just kind of what your experiences have been. And uh, of course, first and foremost, thank you for your service and your sacrifice. Um, It is greatly appreciated. Thank you. Um, I, I mean, the military is some of the most happiest and not so happy memories in my life. But I think that's how it goes whenever you're going through something tough. Uh, but even those tough times still make for good memories. Uh, to be honest, um, I went into the military. I was actually homeless. Um, let me backtrack a little bit. So in Arkansas, I um, was born to two deaf parents. They cannot hear um, or, well, and my mom can't speak, my biological mom. And they tried their best at raising me and all my other siblings. And the state intervened quite a few times. I was put into foster care, uh, passed around, eventually adopted at 10. Um, That adopted mom was very abusive, so I ran away. And um, after I was 16, where you can legally run away when I was living in Texas, I was homeless. So I just kind of couch surfed. I tried working at Walmart. I couldn't really work, go to school full time and pay for my apartment. So I ended up um, dropping out of school. Finally, I was like, I need somewhere to live because um, I ended up becoming homeless again because I just couldn't afford um, all the bills. Well... I ended up getting my GED and I was like the military, the military will provide me a family that I've never had. It'll provide me a home. It provides me meals. It's going to give me a job um, and a lifestyle per se. I wanted that camaraderie. I wanted that safety of knowing someone will always have my back because, you know, the 19 years prior, um, I had no sense of stability or security or a family or anything like that. So it wasn't necessarily, and I don't want it to sound bad, but it wasn't so much as I did it for an honorable cause to serve my country. I did sign that line in my life away, but I really wanted to be something better and be a part of something and that's why I joined. Um, I joined the Texas Army National Guard with the intent of going full time after my first deployment. Unfortunately, I was deployed down to McAllen, Texas on Operation Jumpstart. While I was down there, um, I was a diesel mechanic. I worked on retrofitting the Border Patrol units with like the world cages, the light bars, their uh, new exhaust systems. Um, Um, you know, anything, even down to transmissions, everything. We did everything on these vehicles to get them up and going. And um, I don't know if it was, you know, lean. I was lean or working outside or something happened with my estrogen levels. Turns out I had cervical cancer. And because of my cervical cancer, um, they put you on what they call a permanent profile. So I was non-deployable. I could not go active duty. I could not re-enlist. So I just got to serve out my time. But um, I was very blessed because I got to work full-time for the state of Texas um, in the Dallas area on um, the Humvees, LMTVs, generators, all of that. So it was like I was active duty, 
but I got to go home to my apartment in Addison every night and <laughs> still kind of have a life and they allowed me to serve out my contract. Um, but I love it. I love, love, love being in the military. If I could have done it for life, I would have, because that was my sense of identity. That was who I was. And it was very difficult to all of a sudden be out on my own again and having to figure out what to do next in life. What have some of those challenges been for you in, you know, going from this roller coaster, I'm assuming of not having family, not having that connection, not having the support to being enlisted and having that, you know, you have a purpose, you have a job, you have support, you have community, and then coming back out, was there a transition or is there a continued transition for you? And what does that look like now? It was scary as hell um, because I didn't want to lose my battle buddies. They were getting deployed and I had to stay behind. And a lot of them are still in and they're continuing on. And um, I was very resentful and angry with the military. And then because of the title, the orders I was on, I don't receive any VA benefits. They don't see it as a disability I've tried appealing it numerous times. Um, I think one day our systems will change, but I was very resentful. I was very, just to be honest, I was scared. I was so scared because I was starting over. Um, you know, I did, I, that's what I was. I was safe. I, I had a, like you said, I had a job. I had, I had purpose in my life and it was difficult. Um, you know, I, I ended up working luckily on the civilian side. I've been um, a manager at a maintenance shop. Like a, uh, I ran a mechanic shop. I've been a manager at AutoZone, Firestone, um, and Advance Auto Parts. Absolutely love those jobs. Um, so I, I think just being in the military, like I can't give up though. Like I had to keep surviving. I'm always in survival mode. And I, I, as much as things do Sometimes if I don't have that security, I have to keep continuing to create that security for myself. Um, even now with my husband, I find it very hard. I let him be the head of the household because that's, you know, part of my faith and our morals. But it's really hard not to want to, like, take, take control and, uh, you know, I am submissive, but it's like, oh, my gosh, that sounds like it's scary. And it's like, no, we're safe. I have him. He's my family now. Um, so it, it's been the biggest roller coaster of my life. And I think anyone that's ever been in foster care or had the childhood that I had, it's, you still have a form of PTSD from it. Like mm -hmm. you, it, it scares you that you might not have a certain future, no sure. matter how hard you work for something, something may can end up taking that away. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, talking about the hard things, there are definitely, I, um, in some ways I can relate in some ways I can speak on it myself, but you know, there are, there's like this, this, uh, elephant in the room almost all of the time. And sometimes you can kind of block it out and forget it's there and other times at probably very inopportune moments those insecurities can come out whether it's in your relationship um, or in your own sense of identity or security with with where you're at in life 
how do you deal with those things? Um, and I know this probably isn't easy to talk about, but certainly I know in, in some ways I can relate and I know listeners will as well. Like, how do you trust that process and know that you're not going to, you know, fall back into that? Like, how do you just lean into where you are in the present times and not get wrapped up in the PTSD or in the negative uh, past experiences that you've had? It's, it is very hard. Um, but I think by being transparent about what I've gone through, especially with my husband and having that communication that allows him to know if I'm being triggered and what I'm going through, Mm -hmm. because his past is nothing like my past. Um, and just having that strength because as cliche as it sounds, I've made it through every single one of my worst days. Um, Mm. everything, the horrible things that have happened to me throughout childhood, I made it. Um, so even with my adult life, I made it and I use my story and my goofiness. Like I just know somehow I can bring hope to others and that's enough for me to get, get through the day because I know someone else out there is watching me and not not sounding egotistical but if I can make someone else's day better it's like okay I've got this because someone else is counting on me and they're looking up to me so I can keep doing this and just again being submissive to my husband and having my faith that I will get through this yeah Well, and I don't think that's egotistical at all. I think that's leaning into your divine purpose. And there, and I know this, this is so hard to say, but I do believe it. And it's tough because people go through absolute hell on this earth. And it's hard to say the words, everything happens for a reason, because there are some really, really terrible things that happen. However, there's always opportunity for growth, for wisdom, and for sharing that because at the end of the day, we can't mitigate the bad things from happening. We can't stop abuse in homes. We can't stop a lot of these things from going on. But what we can do is share our stories with other people so that they know they're not alone when they're going through it. I think that's absolutely essential because this day and age, people... um, they really judge people and I know people unfortunately judge me. They think maybe I grew up with a silver spoon, but this allows me to show, show or explain or, or, um, you know, not a testimony, but just tell people my story. But there are also other people that I would never know have gone through what I've gone through and just, being able to communicate with each other and um, it's almost like being an empath, like feeling what other people have gone through and being able to talk to them or even knowing when to listen. Um, Just because of having my background, I think that helps me be more human for other people and just to be able to relate with someone else, even if it's not the exact same story or like you were saying that you're able to do the same thing. Well, I think it also can help give you purpose and knowing, you know, that you've gone through those experiences, but there's a greater good that can come out the other side of it, you know, and you can repair relationships and you can grow stronger with your significant other 
and you can empower other people. And though that won't erase the scars, that won't heal you completely, I think it does really help bring purpose and life to your story and a connection in your community, you know, so that you can really link arms with other people. And uh, that's a powerful thing. I love that. You, you are, you are so correct. <laughs> Did you know Sawyer has more than just insect repellents? From first aid kits to water filtration, sunscreen, and of course, bug spray, Sawyer always has your back. Look for Sawyer products on shelves at your local Walmart, REI, Bass Pro, Cabela's, Shields, Sportsman's Warehouse, or even on Amazon. Now, back to the show. So kind of going into that, you know, one of the questions that I had, and this might be a good continuation of the conversation, but looking back at the the last, you know, year, year and a half, couple of years, like what are some of the most valuable lessons you feel like you've learned through the process of all that has unfolded? Is, uh, this is going to sound, I gave up. <laughs> um it was like three years ago. I just, I, I kind of gave up um, finding a person. I gave up on making life perfect. I, um, I, I just wanted to work out. I wanted to go hiking and I wanted to make the, you know, rest of my life, the best of my life. So every time I had days off, I was outdoors and just trying to find that peace outside. I knew there was something about me being outside um, and I think that was the lesson. It seemed like as, as soon as I started letting go more and more, my life really fell into place. The less I try to control it, um, I don't know if it was kind of like the law of attraction or, you know, what it was, but the happier I was, the better my life became. And the more I did things for myself outdoors or relaxing or painting or like I was just in a happier place. And it, it just has continued that way. The more I just kind of let things go, um, I still, you know, wake up with a purpose. I get things done, but I'm not controlling every everything and obsessing over everything. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Sometimes we have to, we almost force the hand too much, you know, force the things to happen, force the opportunities to come about, force the smile, you know, but sometimes if you can just let, let things go a little bit, slow down. Um, and yes. I'm, and I'm echoing your words because those are things that I need to continue to do. In fact, I made a post yesterday. Yesterday was just kind of a hard day. Um, and I don't talk about like a lot of my personal, personal life. Um, but, uh, my my man Dustin is being transferred up to Sitka, Alaska. And that adjustment has just been, it's been kind of crappy, you know, just seeing him, you know, pack up and get ready to go. And that transition is going to be hard doing, you know, 2,200 miles of long distance relationship. And although I know we have what it takes, sometimes it just takes, you know, a couple missteps in your days or things that don't go right for those other things to kind of compile and, and suffocate you, so to speak, you know, so I was having a little bit of an off day yesterday. And I just posted a picture in my stories with a smile. And I said, sometimes you just got to fake it till you make it. And that is, and that's your 
tool for the day is just going through the motions, letting go of the stuff that's going wrong or, you know, and and honestly for me, it was like, I don't know if you ever have this, but one of those days where like you drop everything, break everything, fumble, (laughs) like the computer won't work. The phone shuts down the wrong time. Like just one of those weird kind of off days where you're like, what is going on? And, um, it's, it's inevitable. Everybody has a difference of opinion and you hear a lot of people and, you know, I got a few comments going, well, fake it till you make it is a really inauthentic way to live. And in, as a generalization, it is, you know, we, we want to just be able to be vulnerable, but what I wasn't, what I was saying was not, not being vulnerable or authentic. It was just simply saying to people, sometimes you have to do the things you don't want to do wear the smile you don't really have or go through the paces get the things marked off the list just simply because you know that's how you keep putting one foot in front of the other and you know circling back to what you just said I think sometimes if we just let go of the expectations that we have for things to go perfectly and just start doing life those good things we almost like unblock ourselves from receiving those you know or from getting the opportunity because we're a lot of times overthinking things no I yes and and you're you're right on it we all have those days or this thinking thinking and it's funny it made me think of my pops and my adopted father was a wonderful man he passed away quite a few years ago but he used to tell me all the time he would say Rebecca even what do you say let's see even if you're on the right track if you just sit there you'll get ran over so Mm -hmm. it's like you said you can't you have to keep going through the motions you can't just sit there like even if you're on the right track if you sit there you're still gonna get ran over you gotta keep going so I agree with you um and it's okay to have those days like if you do want to just cry and feel but you still have to get back to it um and I think that was very courageous of you and bold I mean even just to say fake it till you make it because you're showing others like hey I'm here I feel you I go through these kind of days as well not you know instagram's not perfect life is not perfect we all have life that we are going through but we can even you have your sense of community and how you inspire other people and you're just showing them like i go through the same things but we're gonna make it and that's how i view that post absolutely well you know and i think that's one of the responsibilities if you will in you know voicing your opinions or life or experiences on a platform you know people look to you and they're following you maybe it's for fly fishing inspiration or maybe it's because you get silly or maybe it's because you air some of the dirty laundry but i think it is um it's it's important to be able to let that light show, you know, and to be able to, you know, again, just link arms and let people know they're heard and we're here with you and nobody's above the other person. And we're all just kind of experiencing life on our own, you know, day to day kind of vibe. But um, one of the things too, I really like about following along is you sharing your guys's outdoor experiences, you know, above and beyond the fishing stuff as well. But you and your husband just took a pretty cool trip. Can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Oh, definitely. Every <laughs> every minute we can, we want to be in our rooftop tents. We absolutely love it. We've got, it's ours is the Yakima. We did a lot of research. Um, we decided to get that one. And it allows us to practically drive anywhere and camp. So what we do is we have an app that shows us the forestry roads. And then we also use our Onyx to make sure it's public land. Most of the national forest is. And we just go and pick a, try to find a spot next to the water so we can fly fish. And we do life. Uh, we've got the awesome tent views. And we make the most of it. And... I'm so thankful for him for giving me all these moments and memories. Sorry. <laughs> um, because I did not, I didn't have that as a child. So it's, and now I'm getting all these adventures and I'm just very thankful for every moment that we have together and all these camping adventures. And it's just, it is so much fun. Like what, what everyone sees in my photos and me laughing and being happy, even like when I fall in the water, this is all genuine. It's, I mean, it's real life. I'm making memories that I did not get to have. And I, I'm just in love with it. How do you feel like that's shaped you as a woman to be able to have those experiences now and to be able to really dig into the outdoors and making memories like this with your husband? Oh my gosh, the bond that we have, um, it is incredible because we have these hobbies together. Yes, we love doing our own things, but it has given me a new identity like we were discussing earlier with the military and a new sense of, it's it's really, my confidence has grown, which is funny because I'm always making mistakes and I love showcasing my mistakes. Um, Someone recently gave me the best compliment ever, and they said I was like the Lucille Ball of fly fishing. And I was like, I love, I love Lucy, and that is awesome. So as a woman, I feel like it's really shown that um, you can still learn in your adult life. I mean, I'm in my late 30s. I'm just now picking this up, and we get to change who we are if we want to, and my confidence has grown. My my love for life in general has grown. My hunger for knowledge has grown. And I I just I feel like I have such a sense of wonder and all all the of all the things that are happening and all the new things I can learn. So I think as a woman, it's really helped me blossom in my adult life for sure. I love that. I love it so much. And I uh, just recorded a podcast with Dave Brinker, um, but just a little forward, uh, forward thinking here to something he shared that you just kind of touched on as well. He said, the rest of your life is yet to be determined. And that one simple sentence holds so much power because when you stop to really think about what you know or don't know, what you want to learn or the experiences that you are seeking or you know, the things you want to pursue, like you can do any of that. And sure, it might sound cliche, or, you know, it can be one of those things where, you know, you say anything's possible, anything really is freaking possible. Like it just takes a determined mindset and action and consistency, and you can do or achieve or become or learn anything you want. 
I agree. I agree. I used to tell, <laughs> um, I was, I was a Sunday school teacher and a children's librarian when I lived in East Texas. And when the kids would say they couldn't do something, um, I had learned at some point in my life that bumblebees technically are not supposed to be able to fly, but they don't know that. <laughs> so, it's a, you know, so it's the same thing with us. Like, you can change the course of your life in your future. Like you have that power. You can do that. And, and you're never too old to learn something. Or if you want a new passion or hobby, just be bold and go do that thing. Absolutely. So true. Such great words and advice. Um, I, I don't know why, where this is coming from, but mark my words, Rebecca, you and I are going to end up on an epic adventure of some sort before our days on this earth are complete. I would love it. (laughs) We've got to get something going. Um, I could talk to you forever, but I think more important is people connecting with you because I know that so many people probably share similar stories, walks of life or experiences where can people find you connect and see more of what you are doing well even though i am married and i'm now rebecca baker um we are keeping the lady angler lens on all social media only because if i change it to lady angler baker i don't want people thinking i'm like cooking and baking on the river it wouldn't make sense so (laughs) lady angler lens uh just about everywhere l-e-n-t-z Perfect. Well, we will be sure to link to that in the show notes as well so that people can connect with you there. Um, Any final thoughts or encouragement that you want to send to listeners who might be tuning into this episode? I am here. Um, I have had some really dark days. I've seen quite a few things, but I engage with everyone. So if anyone ever needs someone just to talk to, And if I'm not the person, I can definitely give resources. But um, whatever you are going through, do not give up and you are not alone. Thank you so much for coming on today and for sharing your wisdom. Um, And then also just conveying words of truth and empowerment to other people. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, for talking to me. And I just look forward to our one day adventure. Heck yeah, it's going to be awesome. (laughs) Yep. Once again, thank you for tuning into the show. We hope that your cup is full and you're ready to embrace your untamable vibe. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a favor? Help us grow our audience by sharing your favorite episode on social media, sending the episode to a friend and leaving us a review online. We love to hear from you. One more thing, be sure to press that subscribe button and never miss a weekly episode. See you next week.